I want to thank this episode's sponsor, Castellanets LLP, a leading law firm in tax controversy, white-collar criminal defense, and government negotiations with offices in New York City and Washington, D.C. Visit www.kflaw.com. This is the podcast for women who want to create careers and lives they love. I'm your host, Heather Fincher. Welcome to the Powerful Professional Women podcast. If you want to create a career in life you love, then you're in the right place. I'm an attorney practicing tax law in Washington, D.C., and I started this podcast because I'm on a quest to learn everything I can from successful professional women, and I want to share that journey with you. I want you to be empowered, informed, and inspired by the women on this podcast because I want us all to win, and every woman's path to success is her own, so take what works for you and set aside the rest. I'm thrilled to have Irvi Doshi Sood on the podcast today in front of a live audience to tell her story and provide actionable insights on transparency. Irvi is the Vice President of Taxes and General Tax Counsel at Lockheed Martin. As Lockheed Martin's Chief Tax Officer, Irvi leads a worldwide corporate tax team of 75 to handle all tax matters. She earned a dual degree in economics and political science before starting out as a financial analyst at an investment banking firm in New York. She made the jump to law school at NYU and then joined a law firm in D.C. and New York until finally landing at Lockheed Martin in 2006. Not only has Irvi spearheaded teams responsible for multi-billion dollar transactions, she serves as a board member of multiple organizations and currently chairs the 2023 Lockheed Martin Women's Impact Network Leadership Forum and co-chairs Lockheed Martin's Worldwide Women's Impact Network. Irby, thank you for joining us. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Heather, for inviting me to join your amazing group and your audience uh, this morning. I'm really excited to share my stories with you and, and the rest of the women in the audience. Oh, I'm so excited. Let's, let's dive right in. How have you handled a turning point in your career with transparency? Sure. So maybe it helps giving you a little bit of background. You gave me my bio, but um, I'll share some personal stuff. I grew up in Appleton, Wisconsin. The accent comes out when I say Wisconsin. Um, uh, When I grew up in Appleton, the town was about uh, 50,000, about 100,000 now. I was the only non-minority in my graduating high school class of about 500. There are more minorities there, but still predominantly white town four hours north of Chicago, close to Green Bay, Wisconsin. So I am a diehard Green Bay Packer fan, and I'm worried about what we're, our team's going to do this year without Aaron Rodgers, but I'm still rooting for him. She's had, but um, I'm going back to Wisconsin um, later this week to see my brother and his family and my parents who all live in Green Bay and Appleton. So I grew up in the Midwest, went to Michigan for undergrad, moved east um, to work at an investment bank, as you mentioned, before going to law school in New York and then worked for the law firm of Fried Frank Harris, Shriver, and Jacobson, both in New York and in D.C. as a tax associate. So turning point in my career. In 2006, I was looking for a lifestyle change. I did not know my husband at the time, didn't have a family, and just wanted a little bit more um, time to enjoy personal things, which was harder at a law firm, major law firm in New York and D.C., And so uh, I joined Lockheed Martin in 2006 when the company was going through a transformation and doing more mergers and acquisitions. And that was my background as a tax associate when I was at Freed Frank. And so I joined the company 2006 to 2010. I mostly did uh, M&A work, did some legislative work, but pretty much worked a lot of 
hours, not as much as when I was at the law firm, but still weekend evenings because M&A obviously is unpredictable. But I wasn't married at the time. I still had free time to enjoy a lot of different things, but didn't have a lot of other um, personal obligations on my time. Fast forward to 2010. I'd gotten married. I had a baby. My son, Dylan, who's now 13, was born in April 2010. And um, I was still doing mostly M&A tax work, um, other things in-house. You have to be pretty flexible and so picked up other things, but still um, an individual contributor uh, lawyer within the company. And so my boss at the time took a package from the company. They were going through some restructurings and decided he wanted to do something different in my life. So that created um, an opportunity for a promotion. Uh, uh, An opportunity came up to supervise a couple other attorneys and accountants to be director of tax planning. So I threw my hat in the ring and was fortunate enough to get the promotion. So my son at the time was eight months old and my husband traveled extensively for work. He um, didn't work in Washington. He, we had an apartment in another city and he commuted during the week um, and then traveled for his job. And so I was the primary caregiver for our son who was in daycare that my, my job allowed me to you know, be with him as I needed when uh, my husband was traveling. I was a little concern, how was I going to take on a new job with a baby, a spouse who wasn't around that much, supervising people, a job that entailed a bigger work portfolio and um, more travel for me, which I didn't have to do in my prior position. Maybe I was overconfident, but I didn't have any concerns that I'd be able to handle the work or supervising people. I was pretty confident in those abilities of myself. I had a lot of concern and um, how was I going to manage this with my personal life and my home situation? And I knew there were three important people we really had to talk this situation with. My husband, my parents who lived in Wisconsin and were helping me with my son. He was the only grandbaby at the time. And uh, my boss, um, I would be no no longer reporting to a director. As As a director, I would have to report to the vice president of tax the head of tax for the company. And so the conversation with my husband was easy. We had talked about it when I'd interviewed. He was going to make some changes on his end, try to be more flexible with his works and travel schedule. And then we were hiring help. We would have a babysitter come every evening uh, during the week to help out when I uh, brought the baby home from daycare. And then my parents, my mom didn't work, so was flexible to, to come from Wisconsin to Washington, D.C. to help if I had to travel at the same time as my husband. So two down, one really tough conversation, which I was a little nervous about, was with my boss. And so my boss, who was VP of tax at the time, job I currently have, was in a different life position than me. He was a male. His wife had stayed home while he was rising through the corporate ranks. His three children were grown. So I'm like, how is this person going to handle having a conversation with somebody who needs some accommodations in a new job with a new baby and a traveling spouse? And so I was really worried about how he was going to handle some of my requests. And I'd figured out and talked with my husband that what I really needed flexibility from the company was 
this was again pre-COVID, pre-Zoom, pre-doing things in a hybrid or remote workplace. We were an office that was five days in the office all the time. And so I needed flexibility on travel being planned in advance to the extent possible. I needed to be able to leave at 5, 35, 45 every day to make daycare pickups. So I would get charged and then um, I would get back online if I could or come back to the office for work. And so from my perspective, I thought these were a lot of asks and things that the department and frankly, the company at headquarters didn't have a lot to do because it was just a different time pre-COVID. So I went and talked with the VP of tax and said, look, I'm really interested in taking this promotion. I'm confident I can do the work, but I need some help from you and flexibility given my personal situation at home. And the VP of tax would not even let me finish going through what I needed. And he said, Irvi, you've been here for four years. Your internal customers are extremely happy with your work ethic, your work product. You're available whenever we need you. I'm confident those things won't change. So with that as the starting point, what do you need? We don't want to lose you and we want to see you grow with the company. How can we make this possible for you? And so I told him, you know, the asks, the flexibility in terms of travel and the hours and, you know, being able to work from home if I needed to late in the evenings or on weekends. And he said, not a problem. You've got a good track record. If our internal clients, the M&A team, internal corporate, the business areas didn't see any hiccups, not an issue for him. And so I thought, okay, this is great. Everything sounds good on paper. Let's give it a try. And I was amazed. It wasn't just lip service. The VP of tax, his secretary came by 5, 5.30 every day, said, you've got to leave. Make sure you get out of here on time. He, he had her check with me to see if meetings could be scheduled past 4.30. So, I mean, they were really conscious of trying to make it work for me. And same thing on my end, I made sure that I continued to perform as I had prior to taking on the new position with having um, a baby and a changed uh, personal life. And so I delivered on my end and the company delivered on their end. And it was hard. I mean, the work trips that I did, I'd have to leave sometimes early in the morning, come back late at night. I didn't stay overnight with the team. I missed some dinners. Um, with a broader team. And, you know, but it was something that I needed. And I didn't feel like I had to sacrifice my personal life or my professional life to take on a new position with the company and continue to thrive both professionally and personally. So from that perspective, it was something that was really valuable. But I think the biggest thing I took from that position was I had to be honest first with myself, but then be open and transparent with three different people and had to have three different honest conversations about what I needed to make the the situation work. And I think having those conversations and being completely upfront about what I would do on my end. So I didn't come in and go throw my hands up and say, oh my gosh, here's my situation. What should I do? But I came in with concrete ideas on how to make things manageable and easier from my end. And all three, you know, different constituents met me and figured out how to make it work. And so to me, just being open and honest about what I needed and and asking others for how they could help me 
was part of a, a big turning point. It was something that, you know, I, I, I hadn't had to have those conversations in the past because I had more flexibility. I didn't have to kind of juggle a lot of different things. But I think that was something that I learned at that point in my life that I can't do it all. I can't figure it all out myself, but I can ask people for help after I've looked internally and figured out what sort of needs I, I need for people to help me. Right, right. And there you were going from individual contributor to managing people, brought, you know, expanded scope of work responsibility. And what I'm seeing is you had really shown up powerfully leading up to that point in delivering and building trust so that you could have this conversation. So you set yourself up for success. But then the courage it took for and the and the clarity and self-awareness to really get clear on what you needed to make this work because you really wanted to take on more but and the courage to ask for help and to have those hard conversations and then really getting clear within yourself what it is that you needed and coming with a solution. There's no entitlement in there. It's all power. I just feel like you powered forward and created what it was that you wanted. And then it sounds like you flourished. I mean, yes, there were sacrifices. There were choices you had to make, but it's really a story of um, powerfully taking that on and the, the the courage to be transparent in those conversations is huge. Yeah. And I think for me, it just showcased what an amazing employer Lockheed Martin was. I mean, because at that time it wasn't an easy thing. You know, we didn't have Zoom. I think things have changed since COVID where the flexibility, we're a hybrid workplace in the tax department now. Not everybody works 100% fully remote. You know, we come into the office a couple of days a week or a month, depending on the team. And so just having a little bit more flexibility is something I think was the silver lining in COVID. But I think for our department and um, the headquarters at that time, it was that flexibility and a new way of thinking that was great. I think it really changed and opened up people's eyes as to, you know, if you want to keep people and they have things that are happening in their lives, there's accommodations that can be made and you can figure out a way to make it work for both the employer and the employee. I I see I see what you're saying, acknowledging your company for sure. And it occurs to me as you're saying it, your part in that, the way that you approached it sounds very collaborative, very from a, uh, even vulnerable, a place of vulnerability where it's like, this is what I need. And I really want to give this to the company. And here's my solution. Instead of, you know, coming in a different way that could make someone just human reaction to respond positionally or with resistance. It, it was very much in a flow, it sounds like, the way you approached it. Yep, absolutely agree with you. I think because I had really thought through what I needed and, you know, I've had the conversations with my parents and my husband beforehand, so I knew what we could do at home to make things better. And then it was the the remaining piece, what can I do from the workplace that can help make this a much easier transition and a better situation given um, the 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 personal dynamics and, you know, the change in the work scope. And I think the most important thing from my perspective was that I had performed well up until that point, because otherwise I can see the VP of tax thinking, oh, I'm kind of taking a risk here on Irvie. I want to keep her, but I'm really not sure how this is going to work if she had had mixed performance in the past. But I think because I had worked well and I had a good reputation, I had really good relationships with my internal clients. Even when you go in-house, you still have internal clients. Oh, Don't yeah. get away from that. And I think because of those relationships and that I had done a really good job for them in the past, that there weren't 
there wasn't a doubt that we could figure out and make it work. And it wasn't a given that it would stay like that forever, right? I mean, it was something that would evolve if it needed to. The VP of tax was clear. Like if if this is not something that can work from either our perspective or even your perspective, we, we can revisit it. It's not set in stone. And so I think that helped me also thinking about, okay, we'll try this. Let's see how it works on both ends. And then, you know, we'll adjust as things go go along. And that's, I think, as my son has gotten older too, it has, I've seen how my um, flexibility has also increased. I mean, he's a teenager now. He's very happy when I go on business trips and wish I was gone more often. <laughs> he can't deal with one parent and has probably a little bit more leeway. Um, and so it, it has given me more flexibility in terms of taking more work trips and getting out a little bit more and not having to go out and back the same day and being able to network a little bit more. So I think right. that's something to think about too, is that your career and what you're able to do may change as your family personal situations change as well. And so not to think about, okay, something that you need now is something you may need forever. Things can evolve. I mean, people's lives change all the time and just being flexible, I think, is something to keep um, in perspective as well. Yes. Yes. And speaking of change, fast forwarding to you and your current position, VP of tax, head of tax, how have you um, been transparent in this role? Like, what does it look like to be trans, to use transparency in leadership? Yeah. So I think that's a very good question. I think transparency is a two-way street, right? When you're an employee, but also as a leader. So when I was being groomed to take over as head of tax from the boss who was very accommodating to my um prior situation, um, he was retiring. And so as I was being groomed for this position, I'm a lawyer by training. I took a couple accounting classes in college and then obviously did more through investment banking and picked up uh, more being in-house. But we're a public company, how things get reported on the financial, file federal tax return, all that's done in-house. Tax accounting, financial accounting, extremely important. So before I took on this role as head of tax, I shed all my lawyer legal responsibilities a few years ago and supervised a group of 30 to 35 tax accountants. So the group of people that do our federal tax return, all our state income tax returns, our public filing tax reporting for our SEC documents, as well as our run our IRS audit. So it was a group of people who had a technical skill set and a way of training that was foreign to me. And so it was the first time that they were having somebody who was um, put in between the tax um, VP and um, their technical leader at the time, who was not also a tax accountant. And so pretty early on on taking on that role, I sat down with the team and said, look, you are the technical SMEs who are the experts in tax accounting. I will never know as much as you know about debits and credits and journal entries. And I'm going to rely on you to teach me what I need to know, but not at the micro granular level that you're doing all of that nitty gritty. That's not going to resonate with me. My mind no. is like that. <laughs> that's way more than that you know that I'm never going to be able to pick up. And so I was honest with them to say that I'm not going to be a tax accountant. I will never know probably even a tenth of the tax accounting or financial accounting knowledge that you have. And so was very upfront with them, but then said, 
I need to know the information that you're putting into the financial statements and verbalize those journal entries, the debits, the credits. What does that mean so that I can take that and convey it up? So what I needed from that team was to explain those micro things that they were doing at a more macro level so that I could take the messages and put them into a language that people who are non-tax accountants or non-tax lawyers could understand. And I think that helped me gain some respect with the team because I was very upfront that I'm not going to try and pretend to know something that I will never know. They were the experts and were never going to be able to get me to be like them. And so I told them what I needed from them and I acknowledged that they were the experts and I was going to be looking for them. And then that taught them to communicate and deal with people in a different way than they had in the past. And so I think it was a good learning and growth experience for that team too and kind of developing their their communication skills, both from a writing and oral perspective to talk to somebody who wasn't a debit credits um, guru. It's like you invited them to step into this new challenge to team up with you to give to to give the to give you what you needed to pass exactly. it up. Yeah, but in admitting just straight up, these are this is what I know, this is what I don't know, and you really acknowledge them beautifully inside of that too. Like it sounds like the acknowledgement of their expertise that also just you just made them bigger inside of this conversation, and then invited them into this challenge. And people love, I feel like just naturally we love a challenge and love to help and support. And it just sounds like that's what you created, Irby. I think so. And I think it's been, I mean, even now it's still a work in progress. And I think the team is doing extremely well in making sure that I don't get those nitty gritty things completely mixed up and I'm able to convey what I need to, um, to senior people. And I think it's something obviously you develop over time. And I've been working with these, I've been with the company 17 years and some of the people have seen me grow up in different roles. And so I think those relationships, you can't really put a price on that. And I think having those relationships is is very key. And so that's one of the nice things, I think, um, that we're not full-time uh, remote. Not everybody is uh, working um, externally and we're a hybrid group. It's, it gives us a way to um, at different opportunities to foster those relationships also. Yes. Yes. Before we wrap up, Irby, this, this episode, tell me, is there any other advice, any other actionable insights that you can give on transparency? So I think if there are two things I would want to really impress upon people, one is to do a good job on whatever project you're doing and no matter for him. It doesn't matter if it's like typing up a letter or you, you watched a webcast that somebody asked you to because our CFO was speaking and you have to summarize that. Do a good job for whomever. The, the tax world is small. Companies or workplaces are small. You don't know when the person who's your peer might next be your boss or be at another job where you may want um, another opportunity. And so I think from my perspective, I saw that from 2006 to 2010, when I had more flexibility in my personal life, I um, was there for the company on projects, travel, whatever they needed. And then the company, when 2010 came around and I got that promotion, what I needed, my track record spoke for itself and the company didn't see and the VP of tax at the time didn't see him 
myself as taking a big risk in trying to accommodate my personal life and the flexibility that I needed in order to take on that promotion role. So I think because of that, um, I had done a good job on my projects that um, I had the relationships and I had the credibility that allowed me to gain that flexibility later in, in my career. It so, was like exactly. a foundation for you to exactly. um, to be transparent, like building that solid foundation to have those transparent conversations with confidence. Right. Yeah. So it's just making sure you do a good job and in every project, no matter for whom, like don't take things lightly or think in your head, oh, this, I don't really think this is a big deal if I make a mistake, whatever. I mean, we're all human. We will make mistakes. So I'm not saying everything has to be perfect, but just do the best job you can in whatever you're doing. So I think that's the most important thing. And then second is communication. Communication is key. So, you know, when I look back to that promotion opportunity again, I, I had to communicate with my husband, my parents, and my boss being open about what I needed after, of course, having the discussion and thoughts internally as to how I could make the the transition and how I could make the promotion work. So I think communication and really looking internally and figuring out what you need and what the gaps are and then asking for help. So I think that's the other second message I really um, lead people with is communicate and be open and honest about where you may have gaps or where you need help. And that's the same thing that came across in the role where I was supervising a group of tax accountants, I was open and honest with them about what I needed from them and what I wasn't going to try to be. I communicated that and was open and honest about the help I needed from them. Yes. Thank you, Irvi, for sharing your story, experience, and insights on transparency with us. I also want to thank our live audience who have been with Irvi and me today for all of your support and positive energy. And I'm grateful to each one of our listeners. I hope you leave this episode inspired and empowered to be your most powerful professional self. I want to thank this episode's sponsor, Castellanos LLP, a leading law firm in tax controversy, white collar criminal defense, and government negotiations with offices in New York City and Washington, D.C. Visit www.kflaw.com.